right, hello everyone, and welcome to episode seven of This Is Twenty Something. I am your host, as always, Allison Carpenter, and this week we have with we, with me one of my best friends, Kellen Finney. Say hi, Kellen. Hi. And Kellen is uh, coming to us via the iPhone tonight, so excuse any technical difficulties we may run across. Um, Kellen, is there anything you'd like to say before we get started, or do you want us to just start rolling along? Hi, um, you should follow my hairdressing Instagram, it's at hairbykellyf, and yeah, I'm Allison's best friend, she's great, I love the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I will tag, um, the account that Kellen just gave out, um, for everybody on the Instagram accounts. So if you go to our Instagram page at thisis20pod and click on the latest post about the new episode 7, you will uh, be able to click and see the uh, tag for Kellen. All right. Well, this week we are talking about um, ant flow or your menstrual cycle or your period or whatever you want to talk about. And this is our last listener suggestion episode. Um, I did the first three on um, listener winners. You guys voted on social media polls on what you wanted to hear about. And so um, Kellen's topic was my favorite one of the ones that didn't get um, voted on. So, um, yeah, Kellen, can you give a little bit of background on why you think that this is an important topic for 20-somethings to know about? <laughs> so, I hate periods. They're terrible. <laughs> They're honestly the worst thing in the whole world. And I don't know about you, but, like, it's not – girls talk about it. Like, we're friendly about it. But there's a little bit of awkwardness surrounding the topic where we don't necessarily just give out our tips. You know, you don't walk around Walmart and tell people how you handle your period. <laughs> yes, I know. So, I'm going to give uh, – every week, I, as you guys know, try to give a little bit of, like, background or, like, context. And so the, like, history, I guess, portion, you can call it of this, is going to be some research I took from Medical Daily's article called Menstrual Cycle Through the Ages. And this goes all the way back from, like, medieval times to 1980s, basically. And so, um, yeah, the stigma has always been around periods um, there's always been a stigma whether it's been negative or positive in different cultures and um, so it's sort of it's never been a thing that was just done I mean it was done quietly like women were to have their periods behind closed doors but people knew about it like it was always something that the culture kind of concerned itself with whether that culture was uplifting it or calling it unholy Um, And for a long time, people didn't know what was happening, but the only thing that they could observe were the patterns in menstrual cycles and moon phases. So for a long time, people associated, like, they thought the tides of the moon were, or the phases of the moon sort of had to do with menstrual cycles the way that, like, ocean tides do. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Yes. So, um, religions either, like I said, call them, uh, sorry, 
we are recording in here with my cats today and they are something else i can't wait to get in this studio okay cut that out so um yeah like i said religions either referred to them as holy and mystical like times or untouchable and like cursed times um and for most of history um it's written about and recorded by men so there just isn't a lot of like ancient or old text <laughs> concerning menstruation because people were just like oh the moon and the women are all doing something crazy we have no idea and so it really wasn't looked into for like a really long time people just made their best guesses and your culture kind of believed what it believed and that was kind of it um so also, another thing to think about is likely periods happened less or at least in, like, less quantities in ancient times due to malnourishment and earlier age of death and menopause. So, like, people have crazy hella periods now when we live to be, you know, a hundred. But back when they only lived to be 34, you only really got your period for a few years because you were so malnourished and skinny and underdeveloped that it probably didn't arrive until your 20s and then you were dead by, you know, 37. So that's another thing to think about is they probably just didn't have to concern themselves with it as much as we do because their bodies worked differently back then. They don't have all the hormones and stuff like that jacking us up, starting our periods at 12. Chicken. <laughs> right? Chicken. <laughs> oh, all that freaking KFC, man, will go right to your ovaries. <laughs> oh, that's scary that they didn't have, like, I don't even think about them not having the information that we have now. And... I mean, people still don't talk about it that much. So I can't imagine being, like, a young girl back then. Like, if you happen to get yours at a normal age, what do you, what do, you do? Yeah, seriously. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, the term – so now we're getting into, like, medieval times. That's basically the overall, like, ancient times – you know, spectrum that I'm covering. I didn't really go too much into, like, a lot of people used, like, period blood for hieroglyphics or, you know, not, like, Egyptian hieroglyphics. I don't know if the Egyptians did it, but, like, different cave drawings and stuff like that. Like, they, um, just because it was, you know, what else were they supposed to use it for? And they weren't throwing it away back then. And so if you were bleeding, you... Like, that's what it was used for. And it wasn't just period blood that was used that way. A lot of the times cultures would, like, cut themselves purposefully to write stuff. If they didn't have anything else available, they would write – or they would cut, like, meaty parts of their body to, like – Oh, my gosh. Write. If in not just, like, to draw, but if they really had to, like, write something. Because, I mean, think about, like, back then, like, they didn't have words to communicate, like, letters and languages. So if you wanted to, like – say something you had to draw it out and that was going to take time and so if you only had a little bit of time you also didn't have time to crush berries and make paint you know like oh my gosh so some cave drawings that they found are like done in blood and it's can be speculated that some of that is period blood because of the drawings that they were doing like a lot of them were depicting periods and stuff 
Wow. So, yeah, there's that. <clears throat> so then skip ahead to medieval times. Um, the term on the rag comes from this time period and women starting to use their clothes and, like, torn up clothing and torn up rags to try to maintain their periods. And um, that's probably due to the fact that around this same time is when uh, Christianity starts to shame, like, the cycle. So different, um, a lot of different developing cultures that are developing as Christians are growing up and thinking that this is, like, a shameful thing, you know? So, uh, and not to say that that's how it is now, obviously. Like, I grew up Christian, and I'm not ashamed of my period. I talk about it. You can ask anybody. I've talked about it since I got it. I haven't. There was a time period when, like, I got it pretty early in, like, fifth grade. So for, like, six or seven months, I didn't tell anybody because nobody had really gotten it yet. And then once other people started to get their periods, then I was just like, yeah, what do you want to know? Like, I would just be sitting at the lunch table talking about my period. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured little Allison at the lunch table. No, just... you can ask any of my, like, the friends that I sat with in, like, especially, like, eighth grade when some girls that hadn't gotten it yet started to feel comfortable talking about it. And they yeah. would, like, ask, like, other girls that had gotten it, like, what they do and what it's like and I would be like girl let me tell you sit down I got a minute (laughs) let me get my lunchable (laughs) I've been getting this ish for three years let me tell you what it's about (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah I'm not trying to say that like that's still how it is in Christianity obviously not but back in 18 or 17 16 whatever um that's sort of how it was viewed. And you can't really deny that because that's how it is in the Bible, too, in the Old Testament. So, like, obviously there was some stigma, yeah, negative stigma in that community around the menstrual cycle. Like, you just, you can't deny that. So, um, and then in 1879, a German doctor writes about cycles being a sanitary process for the body. So he's kind of the first guy to be like, periods are okay, everybody. Like, women are supposed to get them. It's a normal thing that happens. And um, he calls the acceptance of bleeding into clothing wrong, and he spreads awareness that it can cause infection. So women would be shamed into, like, having to cover up their period blood, But there wasn't anything made to do that yet. There weren't just, like, pads. And so women would just bleed into the same pair of underwear for days. Because they didn't want to ruin more underwear. And then they would wash them, like, two or three days into their cycle and wear them for the rest. And then wash them before their next one. And and he would talk about how that would cause, you know, infection. Uh, And then around this same time-ish, a new device is theorized that uh, symbolizes a tampon, but it isn't made yet. So someone has thought of it and introduced it to the public, but nobody's made a prototype. Um, The first thing that's made is a sanitary belt that has straps that you can attach and remove sanitary pads to and from. So like these were cloth pads that you basically could like clip in and clip out of this, like, cloth, leather-ish material belt. 
So you would wear that under your clothes, under your underwear, everything. And it would strap like basically a jock strap from front to back. Cute. Yeah, adorable. Love it. I want one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then in 1888, the first commercial pads that are disposable are called uh, Wister's Towels. And they're from Johnson & Johnson. So this is the first thing that you can buy that um, is basically like a pad, pad, but it's not like sticky and cute. You know, it's like clunky and it's like cotton. So, Um, and... Around the 1890s, uh, nurses would use wood pulp bandages, and that was later the idea behind Kotex pads and their material. So, like, people stopped using just, like, clumps of cotton to make pads. They started using, like, other bandaging and, like, gauze materials and, like, experimenting with different fibers because women and nurses basically were like, hey, these bandages will soak up your period blood better than that cotton will um so i thought that that was kind of cool so then in 1929 the first like modern tampon as we know it so like the cotton insert with the string is made by dr haas and the idea came from a friend who would use a sponge and she would stick it up her vag and pull it out and clean it and stick it back up there Because it was during the Great Depression. So, like, nobody could afford, even though, like, some pad-type things were available, like the belt was available and stuff, like, nobody could afford to buy those inserts. You know what I mean? At least not if you had a really heavy flow. Now we're in the 20s. People aren't as malnourished. Women are getting their periods at earlier ages and living longer. And so they don't have the money, especially in that time. My grandma had, like, three sisters and their mom. Like, they can't afford to buy four people pads once a month to change in and out all day, every day like we do. Because those pads were probably, like, you know, whatever the equivalent of expensive was back then. (laughs) Like, they were probably, like, 50 cents a piece or something. You know what I mean? And that wasn't cheap back in the 20s. That was expensive. Yeah, nobody has time for that. Yeah, exactly. So um, she would use a sponge, and then her friend, Dr. Haas, was like, that's so gross, that's so bad for you, so I'm going to make something that you can use that, like, will be cheap to make, and so it'll be, like, cheaper to buy than these leather belt attachment things, and, you know, that's where he got the idea from. Um... And back in the 20s, you used to have to go to a store and put money in, like, a deposit box and then pick up your tampons so that there would be no, like, interaction with a shop boy. Like, instead of bringing them to the register, you would put your money in this, like, little safe deposit box and then grab your pads. And, like, the person would, like, watch you do it to make sure you put your money in the box first. But, like... It was just such an uncomfortable thing, I guess, for men to be ringing women up at the register for their sanitary pads. I thought that was crazy. Um, that is insane. Yeah. So then skip ahead to the 80s, um, and pads are more like regular, everyday things. Like almost everybody's using them and accepting them as like forms of maintaining their flow. 
And uh, sanitary items become more available and like commonly used and accepted. They also become a little bit more cheaper to use. Um, not more cheaper, that's totally incorrect grammar. They become cheaper to use. Um, and this is also when more developments into the ergonomics of pads and tampons starts to come along. So they have the basic model and now they're beefing it up with the scents and the extra long wear and the wings and the glue and all that junk. Um, and even now, um, some parts of India, women who can't afford to like buy themselves products are seen in some cultures as uh, dirty or like unclean. Well, that's what dirty means, but you know what I mean. They're seen as like <laughs> untouchables still, like even to this day. So that's a little brief history. Um, and yeah, so I mean, obviously it's none of that is new news, but I thought it would be interesting to figure out like where these things come from and who came up with them and why. Like that sponge thing was so crazy to me. I was like, this lady was out here wilding. <laughs> She wasn't worried about TSL. <laughs> no, she was not. Uh, she was not worried about toxic shock syndrome at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the boring history part um, that I try to get from a more trusted source. So now the fun research that I did from the more, you know, loosely trusted source, um, I looked at Bustle. And I grabbed their article, 11 Foods and Drinks to Avoid on Your Period in Order to Feel Your Best. And this was the most depressing list I've ever read in my life. Like, oh no. I'm just going to prepare you right now, Kel. It's not fun. No. But I promise, like, we'll end on a good note. This list will be rough, but we'll end on a good note. So, I'm doing everything wrong. I, I know. already know. Oh, yeah. And I am not going to do anything this list says. Like, I will try to keep some of it in mind. But, I mean, this is stuff that I already knew just because, like, I don't know. I've had people tell me all this stuff before, and I've just sort of been like, uh, I'm going to eat whatever I want on my period. So, <laughs> um, number one is processed foods. They can contain unknown ingredients that can, like, shock your system in general on a good day. So that's just not a good thing to introduce on your period. Um, so that's basically, like, fast food, like, packaged foods that aren't, like, organic and have to list all their ingredients and stuff. So, like, basically anything that you normally eat that's not a fruit or vegetable. Don't Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um... Foods that cause bloating. So foods that are high in salt and carbonation, also fast foods. So sodas, again, french fries, that's like one of the biggest, like, period cravings. Um, number three is large meals because they can increase cramping due to your, like, abdominal expansion in your period. Um your like crap 
I'm going to have to go back to the article so I don't butcher this. Whatever. I'll just cut this part out. But um, large meals, because they can increase cramping if you overeat due to a bunch of scientific reasons that I don't feel like going back and looking up because I didn't write them down. Um, <laughs> number four is foods that are high in fat. So like red meat, dairy products, and burgers. Kill me. Dairy products? Are you kidding? Dairy's my favorite. <laughs> I know. Oh no, that's awful. I didn't. I don't think I've heard of that one. I've heard a couple of the other ones, but dairy. I know. Yeah. So, and that's just like because some dairy is high in fat. We're gonna get to another dairy section that you're not gonna like. Uh, number five is fried foods because they give you major mood swings due to heightened estrogen levels by trans fats. So basically anything with like hydrogenated like oils and like trans fats can um, boost your estrogen levels and that is not what you need to do on your period. You need to be keeping those things in check. Um, so yeah, avoid fried foods. Number six is just flat out dairy products. Not even dairy products falling under another category. Number six is the category dairy products because dairy products are proven to trigger cramps due to, I did write this down, but I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong. So arachidonic acids, and if you want to look that up slash correct me, it's spelled A-R-A-C-H-A-D-O-N-I-C, acids. Um... Number seven, refined grains. So whole grains can like keep your system moving during your period and like anytime. But um, bleached grains, so like white rice, white flour, white bread, um, can clog up your system just normally. But on your period, that can cause even more bloating because most likely your system's already backed up anyway on your period. Um, or out of whack in the other way, which God bless you if that's what happens. <laughs> I <get> both. <laughs> yeah, I get both sometimes too, but ugh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So number eight is high carbs because they cause irritability and fatigue. Number nine is just snacking in general because it's better for your system during this time to eat smaller and more nutritious meals because if you're getting hungry on your period it most likely means you need to eat a meal because you just need more nourishment in general during that time. Um, number 10 is caffeine. Any caffeine, coffee, tea, soda, anything leads to anxiety and tension with your hormones going all crazy. So I know I'm already prone to anxiety, so I've already, like, I already do this caffeine rule, and I have been doing it since I was 16 because that was the first time I heard it. And, uh, yeah, I can tell you that's definitely – because, I mean, I'm also not a coffee drinker every day. I know you drink more coffee than I do, Kellen. Do you think you could give up caffeine your whole period? Uh, like, it's easy I mean, like, for I me, but – I could if I tried. Um, do I want to is questionable, but if you're <laughs> going to hit me with the facts, then I will. <laughs> so, yeah, not asking you to give up caffeine, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, since I know that you drink more coffee than I do, for me, that's basically just giving up soda because I don't drink a lot of caffeinated tea anyway. So, yeah. for me, giving up caffeine just basically means giving up soda, which I don't drink a lot of 
anyway. I mean, sometimes I do, but it just depends. Number 11, alcohol. No, not even wine because it causes irregular cycles and, again, increases estrogen. So, wow. yeah. Can't even have your glass of red wine a day to keep the doctor away on your menstrual cycle, according to Bustle and a bunch of other doctors. Wow, I love being a woman. Yeah, right? Yeah. Girl power. Love it. That's, that's crazy. Like, why? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, I can understand the caffeine and the fried food. And, I mean, basically, it's just telling me not to eat at all because these are all the things that I love. Well, it's just basically telling you to eat. Like, that's all the tips you should take. That's also 11 things to avoid if you want to eat healthier. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's basically just a how not to eat crap list. But yeah. that's all I ever want to eat on my period is just junk. Yeah, why is that? Why is it, like, the complete opposite of what you should want? Yeah. I don't understand. So, I had a few listener suggestions of things for us to address on the podcast. And uh, let me make sure really quick on my iPhone that we don't have any more requests. Because that would be awful if someone put theirs in last minute and then I didn't read it. I checked it before we started recording, but I figured we should just be fair, right? Yeah, everybody deserves a fair shot at their womanly problems being addressed. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to... It's a serious issue. Yeah. So, basically, I asked two questions on Instagram, and if you want to be a... I do these polls or something like this. Kellen can attest to this because she's very active on our social media. But, um, yeah, we try to put up at least one question or, like, poll or something that corresponds with the topic that we're talking about. And most of the time I put it up on the day that we're recording, so you kind of have to catch it, like, in time. Because I don't really know until the day of, like, what the outline's going to look like. Because I plan ahead, but I also think of things up until the very last minute and, like, think about what I want to talk about up until the very last minute. So you kind of just have to wait for me to put those questions out there but the two that I asked this time were ladies what do you want guys to know about your cycle and guys what do you wish you knew about your cycle literally I had seven girls write in because they but like what they said all seven of them was a variation of like it hurts more than you can imagine like literally there's one that says that it hurts like an mf'er there's another one that says cramps hurt like a mofo and yet we're super we're superhuman and you can't even tell and then another person says it hurts that's all it just hurts like it just goes on and on so fellas that was like top of my list too don't like belittle women for their period pains like I know mine are super real and I'm super lucky to have Jason because he like gets it and he will be on whatever I need but like you cannot imagine it's all day every day pain it doesn't stop there's not yes there are periods when like you're gonna cramp more than others but like for most women it is some amount of pain in some or multiple or 
just one but mostly multiple parts of your body at a time like there's breast swelling there's back ache there's fatigue there's nausea there's um like oh my gosh I'm forgetting so so many things right now just cramping and in general abdominal cramps migraines like like Kellen what else what do you what are your symptoms on your period I had cramps that were so bad that I was like vomiting like excessively like that that's when it's bad um I've had some periods that my symptoms were like so resembling food poisoning symptoms if you've ever had food poisoning it's terrible so relate it to having like your worst period ever and I don't know kind of similar in some ways so yeah there's that um I get really hot like excessively yeah me too and that's another thing that I have all the time too is I'm hot all the time on my period it doesn't matter like I'm just hot all the time and not normally normally I'm freezing a hundred percent of my life like I can wear sweaters in June I don't care but when I'm on my period I'm like like I almost have to have a separate wardrobe for my period because my internal body temperature is so different (laughs) Yeah, it's same. ridiculous but yeah that's just to name a few I know we missed like a lot of I thought I would be able to come up with more symptoms on the spot but um, yeah there's just just don't undermine us when we say we're in pain because it doesn't matter where or what's hurting something is hurting and if it's not hurting then it's uncomfortable like bloating or you know some women experience like really bad mouth dryness and stuff like that like can you imagine how much that would suck like yeah being yeah see I have like early arthritis and my it flares up like on my period so my hands will hurt like my feet will hurt everything everything hurts yeah and everything hurts all the time it's not just like little like you know oh, you know, I get bad cramps from this time to this time, or, yeah, I have cramps, but they usually only last a couple of minutes. Cramps are not contractions. I mean, labor is nothing. Like, that is not anything we're going to get into. That's obviously a lot harder than going through a period. But, like, cramps and contractions are not the same. I think a lot of guys think of, like, women having contractions when they think of cramps because it's just like the closest thing you can equate and like women have contractions on movies all the time and stuff like that like it's more commonly seen I guess and but that is not what it is it isn't just these little spurts of pain it is all day every day and like there's no way to numb it you can take all the mydol in the world you can hug your heating pad as close to your tummy as you want like it's not It'll help, but there's not anything that's going to make that go away 100%. So, yeah, there's that. And then I only got one guy question, but that's also because we don't have that big of a guy following. So if you have a boyfriend that listens to podcasts or a friend or a co-worker or a dad or whatever, tell him to at least interact with our social media. (laughs) But, yeah, I only got one guy question, and that was, like, um, basically asking, like, is a guy getting kicked in the balls equivalent to, the to like, period pain? So pain no. was still the number one topic overall. 
But I don't know how that feels. Uh, Jason told me that it can feel a little bit different for everybody, but it's like he said it's like sharp shooting pain and then you also feel like a little bit like you got the wind knocked out of you. And that's not what cramps feel like, to me at least. To me, cramps feel like my whole body. Like, okay, when I'm having a really, really bad flare-up, it'll feel like my whole body is sweating and hot and that one part of my body is like on fire is what it feels like. Like my whole body is hot, but that one part of my body is like burning. It feels like a constant burning. But then the cramps that I feel like just all day, every day just feels like my, like if you can imagine what it feels like right before you have diarrhea and your stomach is really tight. Like I know that's gross, but what you're stomach feels like right before you're about to just grab your pants like (laughs) (laughs) like we're not talking like when it's kind of bad yeah like when you're like oh this is about to be really bad yeah (laughs) like like, I'm I'm about to crap my pants and that's what it feels like all day and you know you're not gonna crap your pants like no that's not something that I like get I don't mistake period cramps for me about to crap myself but like (laughs) (laughs) It's not. Uh, you could. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the like closest thing I can equate that constant pain to is just that stomach tightening feeling. So, yeah, that was basically I wanted to give a history and I wanted to talk about the things that we're quote unquote not supposed to be doing on our period. And then I wanted to give a little bit of personal experience. So, Kellen, is there anything else that you feel like we didn't cover that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I think, like, talking about, like, tracking your period, I feel like it's so important. yes. Yeah, okay, so I have this app, and I think it's just called, like, I don't know, period... L-I-T-E, like period light. I think that's the one I have. Anyways, Uh it's like a little app that has a little flower on it. It has changed my life for the sheer fact of it has all of your symptoms. You can click which symptoms you have. You click what day you start and what day you finish, and then it tells you when your period is projectively coming. And, like, it's the best. Like, ever since I started using it, like, it's so helpful because – just sometimes you just want to know like okay this one is really really bad was my last one this bad and you can literally go back and see what you said about it or like maybe you had really bad mood swings on your first day but then you were super happy on your third day like Mm -hmm. interesting to go find out and then it's particularly great if you happen to be active and that might be a concern for you it's not for me but if it's a concern (laughs) for you then you can go and check and see like hey oh it's supposed to be coming on this day oh I'm late instead of just guessing if you're late because we've all been there or what I do and you have to count on your calendar the days (laughs) like oh my gosh no like I can't do that so this literally told me your period's coming in five days and so now I'm prepared for it mm-hmm. so that's I love that so that great. is really nice like I I've always known tracking my period was important so I've always done it but I don't know I had a period tracker app a few years ago and I just didn't like it very much but it was when I was in like high school so it's been a long time so the one that you're probably talking about is 
probably different were at least updated and mine didn't have all those features it was literally just like a calendar and you would click when you had your period and then like the next month you would click when you had it again just so you could track like what days you had it it wouldn't even tell you like when it was coming up oh no this one is super great it tells you when it's coming it has a checklist for moods and you can pick what mood you had that day oh my gosh it's the best yeah and I will say like I know that we were talking about how much we love to cram our faces with crap earlier but I have done periods both ways I've gone through phases of my life where I've been like vegan and all organic and so I have experienced like a more holistic and healthy period than maybe like this one that I'm about to have in a couple weeks will be because this one's going to be centered around hot dogs I think so um (laughs) but yeah like I don't know like it is better for your body and it does feel better to do it that way and so if you have a period that you feel like you can maintain a lot of your symptoms by trying some of those things I would definitely suggest doing that But for me, my periods are always so bad and always have been so bad. Like, I've been going to a gynecologist since I was 11 for my periods, I think. Like, 11 or 12. And not, like, you know, having, like, crazy tests and, like, violating, traumatizing things done to me or anything like that. But I've been going to see a doctor for that purpose since I was little because I've always had problems. And it's been a lifelong struggle for me to try to figure out how to manage my pain and stuff like that and I'm still working at it so I will say like I have taken things from that list like that work for me and so you should take some that you think will work for you and try them out because you know like I was talking about I don't do caffeine I don't do alcohol on my period like for those same reasons um what else don't I do I don't do like white bread in general unless it's pizza like flour um but yeah I would say definitely maintaining a more healthy lifestyle and I I go for more walks when I'm on my period like light exercise not anything crazy but like light activity is really really good for your system when you're on your period to help decrease cramps so if you're having a lot of issues with that I would suggest walking up and down the street a couple times but not when you're having your cramps like when you're feeling good because light activity can offset that so don't walk when you're I mean you can walk when you're cramping but I'm not telling you like when you feel your worst to go out and put some clothes on and walk around your neighborhood I'm just saying like (laughs) if you have a minute where you're not doing anything and you're feeling good and you want to try this out take a walk Drink more water than usual. You need to stay more hydrated than usual anyway on your period. Uh, Name brand sanitary stuff is a myth. Generic is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Totally a myth. I'm just trying to list all the things I can think of. I can think of, like, a, a few things. Like, one, being, like, talking about birth control depending on what kind you have like you need to talk to your doctor because for all you know it can be making it worse making it better Mm -hmm. you just don't know like for me I can't take pills that have estrogen I can only take pills with just progesterone yeah so some people might be like that too and they just don't know it and that's how I was for years until I found the right kind so maybe that's a factor in how bad yours are but um 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely more of the stay in and watch Gossip Girl and eat ice cream, period, person, oh, rather yes. than the yoga and kale. But I mean, you know, I really want to lean to the other one. It just never happens. No, I have only, like, I've never been living a more casual and, like, laid-back lifestyle and gone back to that (laughs) I've always sort of like my period has just sort of been however I'm living at the time is how I act on my period but I'm just more lazy on my period yeah I feel that if that's even possible but yeah well I think that takes up the random rambling section of my notes (laughs) that's literally what I had written down after listener suggestions was random rambling so (laughs) That's how life's going for me right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, yeah. Um, I I mean, I don't really know what else to tell 20-somethings about your period. I can attest to working with your doctor. I'm on the nuvering now because I can't take pills, period. My body just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work as well that way. So I'm on the nuvering and definitely work with your doctor if you're having serious issues with your period and you're taking birth control because it could be a birth control thing. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Kellen. I think that we, I think that we covered basically anything that like a 20 something may not know. Yeah. So, no, I think we did. Um, I do have a really random hack. Can I share? Yes, of course. We'll close on the random hack. That's perfect. It's kind of like one and a half. Okay. We'll call it one and a half. So the first one is like, I don't like heating pads because I don't like the idea of like, I'll probably fall asleep because I'm extra tired on my period. So if I sleep with it plugged in, I don't know, that freaks me out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took an old t-shirt and I tied it on like each end with like, I don't know, whatever you can tie it with. And I filled it with rice and I heat it for like two minutes and it the heating in the t-shirt is like a heating pad but like a natural one and it seriously lasts for hours Ooh, that's so nice do you have to wet it or anything no no mm-hmm. you just put it in the microwave for two minutes nice so yeah. t-shirt about how much rice like a box um, or just a little bit Honestly, as much as you can find, I know people use barley. That's super random, but you can look it up. Just look up like homemade heating pad. But all I used was rice and a t-shirt and like two hair ties. Cool. And it has been the best thing. I use it for migraines now, cramps, like everything. It's oh my the best. Gosh. And then another super super random hack is like if you're in college or if you're like at a job where you I don't know I'm weird about public bathrooms like they just kind of freak me out um so I used to pre-unwrap my pads or tampons so that like when you're in the bathroom you don't have to have the awkward loud noise if you unwrap oh yes I hate that I don't care about that as much at school but for some reason I don't like that at work yeah same I'm not, I was never like that at school, but like at work, it freaks me out. So there's gotta be some sort of weird psychology behind that. So you just, what would unwrap them first? Would you put them in anything or would you just put them in your purse? Yeah, like a cosmetic bag or whatever you use that you put all your stuff in. But like, I do always keep a kit with me of like backup underwear because you never know. Yes. All of the above. Oh my gosh. Yes. Keep backup underwear with you. Yes. Do it. Just do it. I have a pair in my backpack, in Jason's backpack, in my purse, in my glove box. Like, I have 
I have extra underwear everywhere because I've been you caught in the most inconvenient times needing it. So pack That's it. adulting. That is adulting. That is being prepared and that is that is 30-something. That is not even 20-something. <laughs> we are giving you 30-something advice at a 20-something cost, which if you're on a free streaming podcast site, it's free. So <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to Episode 7. Um, and, yeah, if you haven't already, go follow us on instagram and twitter at this is 20 pod the facebook page is this is 20 something and thank you so much again to kellen for coming on and suggesting the topic it was really fun for me to research to get the history on that and the food part wasn't as fun but you live and you learn so (laughs) thanks so much to kellen thanks so much to the listeners and yeah we have a really um exciting september coming up from you guys for you guys um you're going to be hearing from us in our first ever studio recording in september um and you're also going to be getting a lot of bonus content and there's also going to be some more exclusive stuff available to some people for uh some things so (laughs) i can't say too much about it yet but go ahead and get excited and yeah we will talk to you guys next week bye